Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight is Ian and Joe and Reed. A story that's a little closer to home here that I spotted on social media today. This is coming from the the Eagle Times, which I believe is like a North Country, or maybe it's the Upper Valley in New Hampshire, somewhere up there. Uh, It's a New Hampshire newspaper, and they're talking about this donut shop that is under fire from the town zoning board. Have you heard about this story yet? I yeah, I, someone made a joke about it, and I—that's how I heard about it. But yeah, no, I don't know anything about it though. Levitt's Country Bakery's owner announced—I uh, guess it was is this week. Yeah, announced this week that he's bringing a federal lawsuit against the town of Conway, alleging that the town is violating the business's First Amendment right to keep a mural depicting various pastries above its building. The suit was filed Tuesday in U.S. District Court in Concord by local attorney John Krabs and a few other attorneys from the Institute for Justice, including Robert Frommer and Elizabeth Sands. Levitt's owner, Sean Young, Frommer and Sands held a news conference in front of the Conway Bakery around 11 a.m. on Tuesday, and the announcement was covered by a bunch of media outlets from the region. Last June, after about a week after the mural went up, Conway Assistant Code Enforcement Officer Jeremy Gibbs determined it was an illegally large sign that violated town zoning ordinances. Now, let me just describe this for you here, uh, for for our listeners that are uh, not familiar with this story. It is not wordy. There's no actual words on the sign. It's not saying, uh, you know, Levitt's Country Bakery on there. It's just got pictures of, like, Looks like a, maybe a blueberry muffin, a couple of donuts, and like a sunrise. So the donuts and the muffins and such are kind of um, laid out as though they're like a mountain range, and you get the sun that's kind of rising up uh, behind it. And you know, again, generally when you look at the terminology of sign, it usually has some sort of beckoning right like oh you can park here or such and such a business name or call to order you know things like that some sort of call to action some sort of reason uh to do a thing to alert you of what this is and uh, they're calling this a sign and apparently it was actually created by the local high school so like this was like a total small towny kind of new hampshire thing but i guess the town has no uh sense of you know caring about that they said based on the size of Levitt's building, the sign should be about 22 feet square, but the mural is 91 square feet. Speaking Tuesday in front of the mural, Sands said the town has said this is a sign, not a mural, and that matters because in Conway, signs are regulated, but murals are not. She says the town says it's a sign because it depicts products the bakery sells. If the bakery had a mural depicting mountains, then the art would be allowed. The art could also have been legal if placed at the farm stand next door, as it doesn't sell baked goods. <laughs> Young said last spring he learned the Kennett High art students were seeking a venue for a class project, and he thought he could give them the perfect place. Quote, we do a lot for the community and the town, so we thought we would love to get involved with the local high school. He said adding the sign was well-received and made the local news. Then about a week later, he said a code enforcement officer came in and said that it's not art that it was a sign and it needed to come down. Young said he got angry when he learned the town acknowledged in 2006 
that the sign ordinance was, quote, unconstitutionally vague, unquote. He said, I'm here for, uh, to stand up for the local students, for artists everywhere. I don't think the government should be allowed to tell them what to do with their art. We're not going to be bullied by the town officials who are trying to impose an ordinance on us. And I think the First Amendment is the cornerstone of democracy. Young said he uh, bought Levitt's only a year and a half ago, and the bakery isn't even profitable yet. So how in the world? I mean, $275 a day, that's enough to ruin just about anyone's business. You know, and I don't think you should pay a I don't think you should pay a dime to these people. But, you know, if they if they actually are able to levy that that fine against him, it would completely ruin him because they would essentially just be able to take his business right out from under him. And then they'll come in there with, you know, some uh, bureaucrats and either paint the sign over or just uh, destroy it entirely. Frommer said the judge is likely to grant their requests within days, asked about a warrant article petitioned by Settlers Green to rewrite the sign ordinance. He said, to be honest, this issue is larger than the article put forward by Settlers. It still leaves the board with deciding what the primary purpose of the sign is. He says a lawsuit uh, gave Levitz until February 3rd to take the mural down, and then they will start fining the business. So this begins, uh, the fines begin tomorrow, apparently. And Frommer said the lawsuit asked a federal judge to bar the town from trying to take action against Levitz while the case proceeds. Uh, we do, by the way, have Joa joining us here from Breaking the Flaw. Welcome, Joa. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good. We're talking about the uh, the donut shop in New Hampshire, in Conway, New Hampshire. Yes. You've heard about this story. Yes, I did hear about that. It's uh, horrendous what the town's doing to them. Yeah, and they are in federal court here. And, of course, uh, I hope that we'll get updates on this. I mean, it's not... Conway's a little ways away, so I'm, I don't know if I'm going to hear all, all the news on this, but I, maybe I should follow the case on pacer just to make sure we you know get the latest on what's going on here but this is a big free speech issue and i mean for anybody that cares about freedom of speech they should be paying attention to this especially uh the freedom to do business without having to ask some government permission this is a big problem here in in Keene. i suspect it's a problem all across the state i mean conway is just a small town it is it's it's one of those vacation towns it seems like that the they want everything to be very precise mm-hmm. and too bad. You know, people have the right to do whatever they want to their property. They should. How, how dare these trashy people uh, try to control another person, another a business. And like, you know, government doesn't run like a business. It runs like an authoritative thug. And, you know, they have to acquire their money through force. Whereas these people are trying to promote their business and bring revenue to the town yeah, how dare they? Yeah, how dare they? <laughs> I mean, how how does the town expect businesses to pay the ex- insane property taxes that these towns are foisting upon them if they're not allowed to actually promote what they're doing? You think these pigs like donuts, but they don't. Not. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they like donuts, Joe, but there's a donut shop they prefer. NPR asked if Levitt should have asked the town for permission to put up the sign. Frommer said the town had many opportunities to relent, but Levitt never should have had to get permission in the first place. Quote, the whole point of the First Amendment is that we don't have to ask government officials for permission before we get to speak. We get to be the ones to decide what to say or what to paint, he said. Yeah, if you ask someone for permission to exercise, and they will say no. I mean, that's what government does best, is tells you no. Uh, But whenever you ask for permission... What you're doing is you're converting your right into a privilege. 
there's a key difference between rights and privileges, right? So a right is something you can just exercise because of the fact that you are a human being and you have this these rights. A privilege is something that you might be allowed to do if your master says you can do it, right? So that's why you never ask to have a protest. You never ask to go out in public and express yourself or, in this guy's case, to, to have a mural painted right. on your building. Well, I did some civil disobedience uh, a few ni- a few weeks ago, um, and I asked for permission, and they just blatantly said no. I still who did, did you it. Ask? Wait, wait. Tell me a little bit more. Who did you ask and where? Well, this? first I called City Hall. They in referred Manchester? me yes in Manchester. They referred me to the uh, parking division. They referred me to the DPW. They referred me to the police. Pass the buck. That's pretty common. And it's with now they're all educated what I'm going to do because I told each one of them what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And basically, okay, so you weren't asking for permission. You were putting them on notice. Well, both sort of because right. I said I was basically going to do it anyways. Then I'm just asking them, them like, hey, is it? I basically I said this. Hey, is it okay if I park even though it's a parking ban? However, just to let you know, I completely cleared the sidewalk and the road, so the plow can't do anything. Can I still park there? And eventually, you know, being forward to the police, they said no. And I was like, oh, so it's more so letter the letter of the law and not the principle of the law. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, you can't you can't park there. And I was like, well, here's the second part of the deal. What if I shovel the fire station across the street? And they're like, no, no, we can't do that either. And the next thing you know, 10 minutes later after I had that call, there's a plow plowing the fire station. Mm. But I still parked on the street, so I didn't get a ticket. Let me just see if I I can follow what's going on here. So in Manchester, there's a prohibition on parking on certain sides of the street, right? Like during... Not the street that I was parking on, but Mm -hmm. parking ban, no one can park on the street. So you... So, oh, no one can park on any side of the street in that case? Okay. I thought it was just like on and off again. That was happening, Mm -hmm. um, but not specifically the street that I was parking on. It doesn't occur. And so you basically were going to violate that parking ban. And I did. And they didn't do anything about it? No. And did you... Is it true you sat in your car all night waiting for them? Not all night. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually drove around a little bit and I saw tow truck drivers and... uh, Well, the tow truck drivers were violating the law, the Jessica's law. What's that? Jessica's law in New Hampshire says that you have to clean off your vehicle so you know the snow doesn't fly into uh, another car, ice or snow. And the tow trucks were grabbing all these you know uh, illegally so-called illegal parked cars. And you know what they didn't do? Clear off the snow on those cars. <laughs> so they're all violating the Jessica's law while they're mm-hmm. raking in the monies. Mm-hmm. I know Reed, you were uh, interested to some extent in talking about China. I know I saw in the news recently there it was like the same old headline as back. Remember, I think it was last year, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Speaker of the House at the time, was told, you shall not go to Taiwan or else. And then she went to Taiwan. And I guess the or else uh, didn't materialize in that particular incident. But now the same threat is being brought out once again by China with regard to the new guy, uh, the the Republican dude that's in there, whatever the hell his name was, McCarthy. McCarthy. And they're telling him the same thing. You shall not go to Taiwan. And whether he does or not, I guess, still remains to be seen. But that wasn't per se what you wanted to cover tonight, Reed. It's possibly much worse than than that situation. Yeah, well, Mike McCall, who is apparently the new chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee in the House of Representatives, has this made headlines. He said that the odds are very high of U.S. military conflict with China. 
over Taiwan. Mm. And he was saying within the next two years, he has a feeling it's going to be in 2025. And of course he hopes not. See, the thing about this is I've been talking about this for almost a year now uh, because I listened to the the guys at like Mm antiwar.com, Scott Horton, Dave DeCamp, those guys. And they've been talking about how tensions with China have been rising for a long time. And it's, China is kind of the Ukraine or sorry, uh, the Russia for the right wing. So the, the left for the most part is just completely freaked out about uh, Russia. They're just the worst thing ever. And, you know, we have to do everything we can to protect Ukraine from Russia on the right. It's very similar just with China and Taiwan. Um, And a lot of people who are actually fairly non-interventionist on Russia and Ukraine on the right, they kind of throw that out the window when it comes to China and Taiwan and just like with what's going on in yeah. Ukraine right now, like no, not very many people on the right will claim that they actually want to go to war with China. They'll just that's keep insane. pushing. Yeah, they'll just keep pushing for policies that push us closer and closer to right. war with China. Right. So the so, so the policy would ensure that a war would happen. So they're saying on one hand that they don't support war, but yet they're right. putting in policies into place where if X happens, then okay, war's coming. That's basically what the situation is. Yeah. So, I mean, they've just passed a bill. I forget how, I think it's $10 billion in aid to Taiwan in military, lethal military aid Mm. to Taiwan over the next four years. I think that was in one of the latest stimulus, one of the latest omnibus bills. So, I mean, that's very similar to how we led up to this conflict with Russia and Ukraine, you know, arming Ukraine. So, (laughs) I mean, we just don't learn any lessons. Yeah. And of course now in the Ukraine thing, I'm sure you guys have heard that they're now planning to send over Abrams tanks. Uh, The Germany did hear about that. Germany sending over German tanks as well. And somebody made a meme with Joe Biden, I guess at the beginning of the, the war a year ago in Ukraine, he said something about tanks would be an act of war. If they'd sent tanks, oh, we're not going to send over tanks. And now here you are just about a year later, and they're sending over tanks. In fact, I could talk about what Putin had to say here in a little bit, but a little bit more on the the China situation. So this guy, uh, the head of the whatever committee it was, he's saying he thinks it's going to be in 2025. Like, how can anybody make a prediction like that? What does he know that, you know, that we don't? I would just say, like, everyone needs to be vigilant about the propaganda that they're going to start pushing about China. I mean, they've already been pushing propaganda, but I saw another story today that there was a Chinese spy balloon over Montana. (laughs) And to me, that's highly coincidental that, you know, right after this guy says this about China, we suddenly spot a Chinese spy balloon over Montana. How they know? Know? How would they know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Does it have Chinese characters on it? it? It's it said right on it, made in China. <laughs> Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah I mean, that, that means it's a U.S. spy balloon if it's made in China. Well, right. <laughs> but, who's uh, who's reporting this? Uh, I saw it from a few different big accounts on Twitter, um, and I didn't read too far into the story. But I I want people to instantly be skeptical whenever you hear yeah some story like that because I mean it, it's not by accident that you have these rumors of war coming with China and then you're going to start getting stories about, you know, awful things the Chinese government is doing and all, you know, just like take it all with a grain of salt because uh, the people feeding you your information are not good people. It's a side fact, but I just heard that China uh, is no longer the most popular, uh, populous country in the world. Uh, They've been surpassed by India now. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Wow, I, I did not know that. That's interesting. Uh, so, you know, you bring up this spy balloon thing. I'm curious to see the images of this uh, being in Montana. It's like, how did the Chinese get a spy balloon into Montana? Did they come through Canada to make that happen? I mean, how, how would they no actually idea. do that? I, w- it, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a high-quality balloon that could just fly around the earth and, you know, with the solar panel on it and just stays inflated and it just flies around. And Have you seen the images of this, Reed, this purported balloon? Yeah. Um, it, let me pull it up. Um, if you just type in Chinese spy balloon, I bet it'll... Yeah, uh, just because made me curious because I just happened to... Yep, there it is. Does it look like a blimp or does it look like an actual, an actual balloon? Uh, it looks like a balloon, like a, like a, a hot air balloon with huh. like a, I can't tell if that is, I think that is a solar panel under it or something. I can't tell oh, if this I is see a it, yeah. satellite image from the, I would assume this is from the bottom and that the solar panel keep, I don't know. Weird. But yeah, I would just caution everyone to be skeptical about these types of stories. Yeah, the claim here uh, on this is that it's uh, supposedly being tracked by U.S. fighter jets, this mm-hmm. spy balloon, alleged spy balloon from China. Uh, again, how do we know what this is? How do we know where where it came from? Um, but but it, it reminded me of a news video that I saw from Nogales, Arizona, and what brought it to my attention was David Hathaway is the sheriff down there in Nogales. Now, I don't know if you guys know who David Hathaway is. He's, no. an, he's an actual, like, self-described... I could not believe this was the case, but it is, it's absolutely true. He's a self-described, like, voluntarist, anarchist sheriff. Like, real deal. Wow. He's the sheriff of that particular county. It's a border county in Arizona... And the reason I know who David Hathaway is, is he used to be an advertiser here on Free Talk Live years ago. He wrote a book about immigration, uh, a very libertarian immigration book, right? Because a lot of libertarians uh, kind of disagree on this subject. There's some nuance. They're not libertarian. There's some nuance to it. And he's pro-immigration. Have you guys seen the new trailer for NBC Boston? I have, yeah. Reed, have you seen this new trailer yet? I haven't. Okay, so for listeners that don't know, for like the last year and a half, I think, maybe at least the last year, yeah, uh, there's a there's a couple of reporters from or producers or whatever you want to call them from uh, from Boston's NBC affiliate that have been coming here to New Hampshire. They've been going to various different events. They went to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. They were at the uh, the day you got arrested, uh, Joe, yes, yep. where we all they showed were. that footage in the teaser. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Uh, and so they they've been at the uh, they've been a lot of stuff that I've been to. They came out to the the Crypto Six trial on a number of occasions and shot some footage outside and interviews and things like yep. that. Um, and they've been meeting with people. They've been mo- meeting with you know movers and shakers and doers and doing interviews and and just kind of getting a feel like. Uh, uh, like the most in-depth kind of reporting I've seen here, because mm-hmm. usually news media will come up for a one-off like, oh, we, you know, there's this thing happening, this drama, this story here. They'll do their report. They'll go back home. And then that's it. Right. Yeah. But these guys have been coming up and coming up and yeah. shooting a ton a- of footage. Apparently they got 400 hours of footage. Wow. Yeah. I believe it. That's a lot of footage. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's going to. They're going to boil that down. It's going to be turned into not a news package because normally what happens with a perspective piece, I would say, like 
it's going to be a it's going to be uh, like a documentary i think yeah, style yeah. Uh, piece but but sort of like from what they told me it's going to be um shorter length so you're not going to see like a full hour long like the, the hbo's anarchist it's not going to be like that uh they're going to do a series of them so there may be 10 or 20 i don't know how many mm-hmm. they're going to they're going to crank out but they might only be 10 minutes i hope they don't edit out bulldog's elbow <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Um, and I'm sure you're going to have an update. I hope you'll have an update for us on that case. Uh, well, I mean, today was going to be the trial. Right, but it got kicked back. Correct. But you don't I, have the new date yet, right? I don't. Okay. And I also don't have Discovery yet. They still well, haven't given me now Discovery. They can take, now they can take longer because they're going to push the trial back. Right, but like that. maybe I shouldn't have gotten the continuance because they didn't give me the Discovery in time. Oh, did you ask for the continuance? I did, yeah. Uh, okay. I thought they did. No. Um, so anyway, this NBC Boston, they really have put a lot of work into this. The footage, they're working on editing it right now. I don't know when the first episode is going to come out. It's actually, I be, I'm not sure if there, it's even going to be on their channel. It may be an online only thing. I don't remember if they were going to actually play it on broadcast television. And it's like, I don't see how they would play it on TV because it's, it's a six part miniseries. No, so no, I think it's gonna be much more than six. That's what someone told me. That's all. I, I, my understanding is it's going to be like a dozen or more episodes. I wow. could be wrong. I could be wrong. That about is that. like that's strange for like a, a sort of like a local CBS affiliate. Yeah, it's type an unusual. Yeah. yeah, it's an unusual thing that they're doing here, and it is going to be something they focus on. Uh, they're going to be putting it on their website, and they they came out with a four minute long trailer here, and I and I want to play the trailer, and we'll you sure. know we'll comment on it. Uh, here in a little bit, but we've you know we've got a lot going on here in New Hampshire, and I I was saying online today that this trailer is a perfect example of why or a, a good example of what what success looks like for libertarians. The library has been completely obliterated financially by this entire process. We're talking, of course, about uh, library, which is this media sharing protocol. We've been using it for years here on Free Talk Live to yep. share our videos and such. In fact, we've been uploading audio files to it recently as well. It's been a slow process because we're literally trying to upload the entire yeah. history of, wow. of Free Talk Live. So maybe that'll be done in the next couple of years. Uh, but uh, there's a channel there called FTL Audio for those of you that want to check that out. But uh, they uh, they launched Odyssey and then they they kind of cut the cord on Odyssey and they, they let it go its own separate way as its own separate corporation. But now the SEC is saying... Well, because y'all were related at one time, we think we should be able to destroy Odyssey also. So that's essentially going to be up to the judge. Now, the judge in the case uh, did indicate that he's not likely to make that ruling, not likely to uh, allow Odyssey to also be destroyed. But that said, based on the filings that were uh, put into court by the Odyssey CEO, they're not doing so hot as far as their SEC uh, can go pound sand. Yeah. And they're getting nowhere with this. What are they doing for society in this? Absolutely nothing. nothing. They're, not th- they're not there for society, dude. They're there to protect the banking industry and the investment industry. They're there to protect the stockbrokers. Yeah. They're there to protect those big investment houses. That's what their job is. It's the sec-rit society, as in secret, secret. society. <laughs> I tried to make a pun there. I don't know if you got it. So, uh, anyway, check these guys out on Odyssey. Uh, Joe's over there is breaking the flaw. Free Talk Live, we got our own channel at video.freetalklive.com, and Reed is uh, naturalist, capitalist. 
And do what you can to support Odyssey. They've got a monthly subscription that you can do, and that'll knock out the ads. Because there are some ads on Odyssey. Yeah. You, know, you got to make some money somehow. Yep. Uh, they didn't have what, ads. A month? They didn't always have ads. No, they didn't. No, but They had to do it because the SEC, and how else are you going to make money? Well, in the beginning of Odyssey, they were kind of part of library they were supported by library library had the library token of course right and it had a lot of them because it had a pre-mine and then what happened was the sec came after library and just just obliterated their finances so they could no longer support odyssey with the library token which is kind of what they were doing in the beginning as i understand right. it there was a loan that was given of like 1.6 million dollars worth of library tokens i think to right. uh to odyssey and that loan's never going to get paid back. You know? Probably not. And I don't think they. I don't think they expected that it was going to get paid back. It was just something they could do because they had the money. Cared too. Yeah, and they know? had the they had the money to do it, and now they have nothing. They've been completely decimated. Not only not only decimated, but completely destroyed. Like people have not been getting paid right. at uh, at libraries. So it's it's just a tragic case. And we are following it here. The, Odyssey is a godsend because a lot, like you can get your YouTube channels synced up, mm-hmm. and a yeah. lot of people just don't have the backup, especially like live streams. And Odyssey, it's forever there. Well, they, we hope. Well, <laughs> it's on libraries. That's the, it's that's forever the on the blockchain. And well, that's that's the thing you got to understand how the system works, Joa. If Odyssey goes away, I understand. So what's happening is for lo- for those that aren't familiar. Odyssey is not the same thing as library. When Odyssey when Odyssey left library and became its own company, one of the reasons why was because they have slightly different missions. Right. Like Odyssey's job is not to provide free access for all media. They have some rules. Yeah. So like you can't yeah. have porn on right. Odyssey for instance. Library, it's a protocol. They can't stop you. If you want to upload porn right. to, to library, there's nothing they can do to stop you. It's yep. completely per, completely permissionless. Uh, Odyssey, on the other hand, is a platform, and they, there's some rules that they have to they have to play by. Um, and so, one of the things they did over at Odyssey was they made um, they they had to hire these centralized servers, basically, because library library is kind of like a torrent. Meaning that library is essentially takes the torrent technology mm-hmm. and it makes it searchable. There's this video that came out from NBC Boston. I'm going to play the audio from this uh, this video track here, and and I think Reed, you said you hadn't seen this one yet. I haven't. Okay, so uh, here, well, you won't be able to see it, but you'll be able to hear it. So here it is. <laughs> There's masks on it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so got to describe what's uh, what's being shown here. So there's uh, footage here from Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Every year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, they do uh, the burning of the porcupine. Somebody makes like a wooden uh, porcupine and they a fairly large thing, and they they bring it out with some level of ceremony. And then they set it on uh, this campfire, the fire that goes like all, pretty much all day and all night. At the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And so they burn the porcupine, and apparently people are also uh, throwing masks on the fire, or maybe there were masks on the porcupine. I'm not sure. It's just a brief brief clip. But that's what they're referring to. And there's, you know, there's children, of course, because it's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, so there's always kids everywhere. So it opens up with this, uh, this pyre. I tell them, we are the party of anti-government. 
They say, that's awesome. Holy cow, I didn't even know you guys existed. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> so I, I love the way this opens because, you know, this is NBC Boston. And Boston, of course, is full of big government people. Right? So this is going to be seen presumably by people who love the government. And they're seeing, don't tread on me. There's the don't t- tread on me flag that, that comes up right after that. People are chanting. And for us, we're just like, oh, yeah, it's pork fest. Yeah, right? normal. Right, yeah, this is well, we know these people. This is cool. We've we've been th- we've been to this event. And for people that are not familiar with this movement, for people that are, you know, big government lovers, they are going to be livid at seeing this uh this kind of footage. So I'm just kind of relishing the idea <laughs> yeah. of what uh you know the reactions are going to be to this. Here's a little more. <laughs> The Free State Project is simply about getting people who believe in freedom and limited government to move to New Hampshire. We are the live free or die state. We all agree on the one important thing, which is non-aggression principle. Don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. Don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. We believe in economic freedom, personal freedom. We want government to be as local as possible. I just want lower taxes, smaller government, more individual freedom. If you're a libertarian and you're the live and let live crowd, just come to New Hampshire. It's really tough to hate us once you meet us. I was moving for a libertarian political migration to join like a little crazy freedom utopia. I spent 40 years feeling very isolated. And now I have thousands and thousands of people. This is real. You know, a real community. This is a real project. This is really happening. We want to be here to live our best life. Who can argue with that? So throughout the that whole basically minute, which is honestly, it just sounds like a puff piece for the Free State Project sure. so far, right? Like it's all these great clips of these wonderful people that have moved here. They're expressing themselves on what they believe, which is you know small government, more freedom, all that stuff that you know people that move here for the Free State Project really appreciate. And uh, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, I mean, if, if if people just watch the first minute of this video and they're libertarian, it's going to be persuasive. They're going to want to check out the, the Free State Project. But, of course, they're going to bring in the other side here, as they should. You know, there's got to be drama. I mean, certainly there's drama within the within the Free State Project. Hell yeah, uh, there is. You know, any libertarian movement, there's always going to be infighting. We're still and, human, human you know, basically. Yeah, pit, you know, stupid crap is going to happen in, with a group of thousands of people. But they bring in the outside, pro-government, big government status types here here in a little bit. And by the way, there's a, a clip here. Grow- by the way, they, this is very well edited. I just got to gotta hand it to them. I mean, this is incredible. They, they spent a lot of time on this, and it looks great. The music's good. Uh, the, the audio's nice. The video's high quality, and it's it's well edited. There's as you're hearing all these comments from people. There's a lot of footage from like Porkfest sure. and other things uh, going on here. So the, the so as the music's sort of fading down, it's actually Ian Underwood, I think, firing a gun. Which you know, again, for us, it's just like yeah, it's normal, whatever. People go out to the gun range all the time. It's New Hampshire, but for people in Boston, it's gonna be like <gasps> Man, they've got guns. guns. Yeah. We do have a gentleman on the line here. Uh, you are on the air, caller. What is your name? Well, howdy. I'm a first-time listener to you guys. I just found you off of uh, one of the YouTube channels. Excellent, uh, Recent, Yeah, I've just recently uh, started uh, doing some research in the 1A movement. I'm a, I'm a veteran, disabled vet, and, uh, you know, card-carrying 2A guy. And, Great. Okay. Uh, been around the world, and I'm probably one of the few guys that will be 
in the auditing community that actually has an airplane called a Velocity that's going to be flying from city to city to just do some things and what have you. I've started a new channel and, you know, a couple of just subscribers with some friends and what have you. Right on. Called you at, you want to drop at, your channel name? Sure, sure. At Flying Auditor. At Flying Auditor. Okay, so just to clarify, you said you're going to go and fly from city to city and then do audits in different areas of the country? Yeah, just just different areas of the country. Once I get my bird up and wow. up and fly, that's really cool. Absolutely. New concept, cool. Man. Well, that is cool. Well, you know, a lot of you young guys, I'm, you know, I'm I'm an older guy, but um, when I'm old enough to be probably some of you guys' uh, dad and granddad, but you know what I've what I've discovered this big movement, especially with the ability to to you know put people of power in a, into account. And if somebody goes and looks at my about page on my YouTube channel, they'll see I've got 35,000 hours of a canine Leo. So, you know, narcotics guy. Uh, and I was doing it in the military for years and in this long time ago. But you said, I'm sorry. You said you spent 35,000 hours as a law enforcement officer? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So you know you yeah. know the – Well, the... In, in the military. In the military. Oh, law okay. Law enforcement, same thing. MP. Uh, You're an MP. No, 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 no. I was a canine law enforcement guy. Oh, okay. Interesting. But yeah, military, yeah. you worked for the the uh, what the army? No, air force. Air force, okay. And you know, back in the day, I used to kid. I talked to all the Leo guys because you know there's a boatload of uh, good guys and boatload of bad guys. Mm. But I tell all of them, all the people I used to pull over were combat trained killers. Now that's kind of changed today in today's world because everybody out there is just crazy. Some I shouldn't say, but there's a lot of crazy people, as we all know, as we watch these videos. But what really gets me incensed is the abuse that some of these crazy Leos are doing out there. They're just mm -hmm. absolutely ignoring the 2A or the 1A movement. And uh, one of the videos I've got up is on Jeff Gray, who's yep. Honor Your Oath, at Honor Your Oath. You know, here's an Army vet, and, you know, all he does is hang with the sign, you know, God bless the homeless vets. And these A-holes decide to do something, you know, that violate his rights. Yeah, Didn't man. he used to be with Photography is Not a Crime? That name sounds familiar to me. I believe it is. Who? Who, Jeff you? Gray. John Gray. Jeff Gray. Yeah. Jeff Gray. I don't know. No, just, I don't know. Just sounds know. familiar. A, I know there's another channel out there. Photography's not a crime. There's yeah, a few of them for you know, a long time. I've, I've listened for a, a bunch of them, and I applaud you guys for going out there and doing this because it needs to happen from within. They say changes need to be made at your level, you know, city level, county level, and then state level. So and, you, uh, uh, I, I take it you've been flying for some time? That's a thing yeah. you've been doing. Okay, so yeah. do you, so what are you waiting on? You said you have to get a plane, or what's what? Well, what's I know I've got my plane. Okay. It's, it's it's if you look at the, it's a Velocity, the mm -hmm. pusher pushing the engines in the back, and it's got a sweep wing. And nice. if you go to my channel, you'll see my plane. You'll see me uh, when I bought it. Okay, but and one more time, it, what was the channel? At Flying Auditor. Like right. the word at. Well, it's the amp, the sign at at symbol. The at sign. Yeah, that's for the YouTube channel. That's the handle. That's cool, man. That's cool. Uh, definitely. Bet, I'm you, looking forward to it. Now, have you done some auditing already, or are you just going to kick this thing headed off? To, I'm actually headed to Florida to meet with uh, Rogue Nation and uh, with uh, with uh, James James Madison yes. audits. Eric McDonough. They're some of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I'll be meeting with him, and I'll be meeting with those guys, and we're going to be talking. And That's cool. And uh, I, I make a lot of FOIA requests on the PDs for their canine. I'm very specific in what I ask. And what I'm discovering, you've heard of a guy named Barry Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had Barry on the show in the past. Barry, Barry and I are in communication, and 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm West from, I'm not far from where he was, uh, was a, was a canine Leo as well. Mm, okay. But he got railroaded. He got railroaded. Oh badly. yeah, he did. That's why he had to leave the United States. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I will say this about the, the people here at NBC Boston. I really like them. I found yeah, them to very be, nice they're people. very, very, uh, smart people. And they asked really good questions. Like they, they asked thoughtful questions wherever you talk to them. Not angled questions either. Yeah. It didn't really seem to be like, gotcha kind of questions right, right? like right. they they really did seem to have have a genuine interest in uh you know what's going on here now they obviously have a job to do and that job is to portray quote unquote both sides right and right. so that's what they're I'm doing fine with this yeah and i th- i'm excited about it because like like i said if you are a liberty-minded person and you're doing a documentary and you try to go to these haters these people that love the the government that hate free state project people yeah, it's the best recruiting you can't get them to talk to you they're they're super paranoid they they have their websites they have the things that they say on their sort of their platforms and they feel like that's enough they don't need to talk to anybody else they don't need to have an actual conversation with a free stater they try to keep us out of their events for instance because they don't want to humanize us they don't want us to actually like appear sometimes they'll have these uh, these gatherings where they'll invite people to like the local library or something like that and they'll put on a big uh, like a big show about how terrible the free state project is and they will lock down those presentations online they will very carefully scrutinize anybody who wants to show up and attend one of these things God forbid right. <laughs> Because they don't want to show us as as humans. In fact, they actively try to dehumanize the free staters. They've been saying things like free staters are an invasive species, hmm. which we are. But well, not me because I'm from here. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just people, right? Like invasive species <clears throat> is like, oh, that's some sort of bug you have to crush. That's yeah. some sort of thing that uh, is inhuman, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are terms like people like Hitler have used in the past to describe sure. people he wanted to exterminate. And so now you've got these people that love the government that are using similar terminology when it comes to free staters. Well, if you don't like it here, you can leave. Yeah. Indeed. We're willing to help you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that Bundy ad for, uh, where we, I think it was running for governor of Idaho. Um, no, Ammon Bundy? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, it was it, it, it was a great free state that actually he was basically he was in a a u-haul van and he was just talking about how he was going to try to get rid of all the liberal uh, bs that had accumulated over the last several years and we'll even help you move it'll be better our state will be better without yours (laughs) it was awesome how did he do i totally forgot to look for his results in the election got like six or seven percent which isn't bad for third party you know independent yeah he was just an independent right like he wasn't running under libertarians Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. I mean, Idaho was in the top three, I think, for the Free State Project, if I recall correctly. I think it was. I think it was number three after Wyoming, if I recall correctly. Uh, But still, sorry, it's landlocked. You know, it's not... Uh, it's just not as good of a. Well, a place. they've got the the river, the the yeah. Columbia River. So. Don't give New Hampshire too much credit for not being landlocked. We only have what a couple miles of coast, thirteen yeah, miles of can't uh, uh yeah coastline. It's still a deep water port. True, and, very true. And we've got the Canadian border as well, so you still have two international mm-hmm. borders just to get you know to start with. 
Gotcha. And of course, the size of New Hampshire much smaller. It's yeah, a lot easier. A lot easier to get around here. Uh, but I, I want to play more from this video here. This is from NBC Boston. The first part of the video is, and I'm just going to jump it back a little bit here. Because uh, we're in the section of the video. The first part's like all about free state, um, people saying nice things about the liberty movement here and what libertarians believe and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, all right, come here, move here if you're a libertarian. And these are the people who say, no, don't move here if you're a libertarian. We hate you. Uh, we want you to go away. We hate the fact that you're here. And uh, Xander Rice Hawkins is the pr- most preeminent of them. But they feature a couple others here who I don't know. And I, I'm sure we're going to get to know as this series is released. But this is from NBCBoston.com. My heart was racing and I felt sick to, to my stomach. People are just waking up to it. They have been very serious about having people move into our state to change the way of life in New Hampshire. They want to create this libertarian utopia, void of public infrastructure and common laws. They're showing, uh, by the way, the video here includes imagery of guns, like a shooting range. There's a girl with a just showing her T-shirt that says guns and Bitcoin on it. So really kind of giving you a feel for uh, the, the libertarian community here. I think it's really important to recognize that the Free State Project exists because theirs is a minority view. There's always been this theory that Sarwark is a federal agent, that he's been working with the federal government for some time, and he's been trying to kind of throw a wrench into things. Uh, I mean, he definitely did seem to do that with the most recent election here in New Hampshire yeah. to the best that he could. The uh, It was last year. We have elections every two years in New Hampshire, and the Free State uh, – sorry, not Free State – the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire – Nominated a couple people, Jeremy Kaufman uh, for Senate and uh, Carlin Boroshenko for governor. It wasn't a huge amount of people, but we had two. And, right. and they, they spent a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of volunteer hours going out and getting uh, signatures. Because that's what you have to do as a third party in New Hampshire. You don't just get to pay $2 and get on the ballot, uh, which is what you can do if you're a Republican or a Democrat and you want to run for state rep, for instance. Yeah, governor is a little more expensive, $100. Um, so they, you know, the two big parties just pay 100 bucks. And that's it. They're on the ballot. But in the case of the, you know, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, they have to go out and literally collect thousands of signatures, which which took hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks. And it was just people standing outside of Market Basket. We did some of it. uh, Reed, you and I I don't know if you had a chance, Joe, to go out and see any of this. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of work. And no, I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I apologize. You don't have to apologize. It's okay. <laughs> it's my um, fault they didn't win. It's not right for everybody. And no, it's not. They did get on the I ballot. Know, I we, know. They did successfully get on the ballot. But what happened was this Sarwark character, he did his own like breakaway alternative libertarian party where he recruited people who didn't show up to the libertarian party convention, didn't throw their hat in the ring, didn't have a debate, didn't have any kind of discussion about like why they should be the candidates. Sarwark just said, I'm going to create another alternative, other people calling themselves libertarians, and I'm going to put my own money behind, I presume it was his money because apparently he's like a, you know, a car dealer or a lawyer or well, unless he's or a socialist and probably not his own money. Yeah, he's got, some, he's got some success, I guess, in life. And so he funded some kind of campaign for these people. He had outside people come into the state, people who did not live in New Hampshire, we'll figure. Uh, come into the state to work these campaigns for these other people. He had, like, professional paid. Like, so while Jeremy and, and Carlin had volunteer people going out and getting signatures, Sarwark paid people 
as I understand it, to go out and get signatures. And they barely made it. In fact, they ended up having to like challenge the. In, initially, they were rejected because they had enough signatures thrown out. They didn't get like normally you want to shoot for right. twice as many signatures because you right. know they're going to disqualify know. a bunch of them. They didn't have twice as many. They had more than what they were required to have, but it they disqualified a bunch. So they had to I don't know they sued over it or something, and then they ultimately did get their candidate on the ballot. One of them thankfully dropped out. The guy for Senate did drop out before. All was said and done, uh, so that was good. So Jeremy Kaufman didn't have a libertarian to run against, but the lady for governor, she she pushed forward, uh, and she ended up on the ballot going against. We actually had two people running as libertarians on the uh, the governor race, which, of course, split the number of people who were willing to vote for a libertarian, which is already a very small number of people in general. Yeah. Yeah. That basically split it roughly in half, and so, I mean, it— that definitely seems to me to be something that a you know a provocateur or some sort of an agent would come in and do. It's like we're going to try to stir up as much drama and as much division within the Libertarian Party as possible. People say, well, what about the people that are moving from Massachusetts? You know, there are bad people moving to New Hampshire. And the answer is, as you point out here, Joa, the average free stater is more likely to be an activist yeah. than the per, the person just moving to Ma- you know from Massachusetts yeah. to southern New Hampshire that person might be wanting to move to New Hampshire actually in many cases for more freedom sometimes you get freedom loving people coming up they, from- they don't even realize it they i mean they do in some essence but like they they like oh i really need to move to New Hampshire cuz they don't have taxes they only have the property tax well i don't want to own a property i just want to rent and then there's no sales tax yeah i kind of like this i'm on, i want to move to New Hampshire but they're not calling themselves free staters. No. They just want to enjoy the fruits that we, we've been, I don't want to say we, it's just what has been preserved, you know? And to be fair, some free staters are more active than others. There are people who just move here and they just kind of bring their family up and they go to school or, you know, do homeschooling or whatever. And they might go out and vote once in a while. And, yeah. You know, that's the end of it. Um, so I think the 80-20 rule is in effect, right? So if you got 20,000 people moving here, maybe you'd have... You know, four thousand people doing things, right? Yeah. Like, because eighty twenty is is a real thing. Yeah. You know, so and I've heard estimates as high as eight thousand people have moved here. I don't know if I buy that one. Um, I think there's definitely been several thousand, maybe four sure. or five, somewhere in that range that that have moved. Because there's also a lot of people who've left over the years, and those people usually yeah, don't get counted. But then again, there's also people who moved and they don't they don't want to be counted. So there's like a whole category of non-joiner types who they will not join the Free State Project. They won't join, you know, other organizations, but they know this is the place to be. So they get so they get here. So that's why we just need more people. And that's why I love media like this, because yeah. when this gets out there and it doesn't matter to me how nasty uh, the uh, the anti Free Staters are, that the nastier they are, the more of it's a, like a badge of honor. Yeah. Right, because it it means they hate us because we're effective. And people are like, "Oh, wow, these people are actually pissing off the left over here." Right. I want to be part of that. All right, here's the rest of it. There's no place like New Hampshire to raise a family and to plan ahead for the next hundred years. Not taking over to rule you, taking over to liberate you. And if you believe in America. <laughs> You've got to take action when these groups come to town. Trump didn't save us. Biden didn't save us. Okay, so that's Zandra, by the way, right there, that little insert with, if you believe in America, <laughs> you got to take action when these people come to town. So she's <laughs> she's trying to recruit, too. 
she's trying to let people know this is what the this is what happened in 2022 in the election season was the Democrats started advertising hard against free stater candidates in New Hampshire. And I and this was the big question in the, the election of 2022 as I was going into it, it's like I've never seen it at this level before. Because I've, I've seen a lot of election cycles being here for 16 years. We have elections every two years. Yep. And, you know, every now and then they'll pick a free stater in one town and they'll, they'll like, buy an, uh, a mailer, right, that goes to all the households that attacks that person for being a free stater. So that's happened. And it, ha- it you know, it kind of happens every election here and there. But in 2022, it was like an all-out attack. Jimmy is on the line in Florida. He's got some comments. Jimmy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Joa, and Reed. Oh, hi, guys. Um I just, I just don't think you're going to make it. See, here's the problem I see is you teach rebellion to people. And as soon as you become a state, they're going to rebel against you. And they're, you're, you're going to say, oh, we need to be a, build a highway through New Hampshire. Can we take up a tax collection? And they're going to say, no, no, we're not going to do it. You're going to get like 100 bucks. What are you going to you're, You teach rebellion. What are you guys going to do when you're in charge? Okay, so you said we're we'll not going to make alone. it. You, just I want to clarify something, Jimmy. You said we're not going to make it, but yet you think that uh, the Free State Project will succeed and take over uh, the New Hampshire government? I hope it does. Oh, really? I mean, but Yeah, I um, hope. I, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Why? Because you've been pretty negative over, over your calls uh, generally. Why, why are you rooting for us? Because I'm trying to get you into reality here. You can't be teaching rebellion to people. What's wrong with your governor? He sounds like a great guy. What's wrong? <laughs> wow. He's he's establishment, and he doesn't really – he'll say some good things, and that's really all – like, he doesn't really go into the nitty-gritty uh, when he talks. Like, he's on, totally controlled by – like yeah, you said, yeah. you know, he's totally owned. He wants to be a president. He wants to get to the higher levels of power. He's a power seeker. Hey, you know what's wrong with him? Just he like still his has his name on the rape center in Manchester, Okay. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, not come on. Why would you want to keep your name on that? Why isn't that well, building not torn down? Look, he's a fiscal conservative. That's my man. What's I wouldn't complain about him. <laughs> okay. There's plenty to complain I mean, about because well, he If you're a conservative, you're not a libertarian. Okay? So you don't believe in you don't believe in freedom. You might believe in freedom on some issues, but you don't believe in freedom across the board and Well, can't you be a conservative libertarian like you you think you you have your own yes, personal views on things. You could be a conservative, but as long as you're not wanting to control other people's lives, right? I yeah, you could. Yeah. That I don't think is Jimmy in this case. No. Okay. Hey Jimmy, let me ask you this. Do you believe in the lockdowns? Did you believe in the lockdowns and masking and that sort of thing? Well, no, I'm in Florida, Ron DeSantis. You know, Ron DeSantis locked down Florida. So that too, means right? yes. <laughs> yeah, for two weeks. Two weeks. You, you've heard him since then, right? Until he realized it would be more politically feasible for him to take a different oh. position, and then he changed his mind about Absolutely, it. Absolutely, you're right. Uh, He's snake. Uh, but, uh, but, Jimmy, you used the term rebellion. I just want to correct you. Rebellion yeah. includes violence. Generally, the term, if you go and look it up, rebellion is a violent thing, a violent act against the status quo. And that's actually not what we advocate here in New Hampshire. And I think I can speak for all three of us on the show right now. We're not advocating violence to to take over, quote unquote. We understand that in order to get free staters elected, we have to persuade 
our way into those positions. The reason yeah. why there's 50 free staters supposedly in state office right now as state representatives is because they were able to get elected without using violence. And we're going to uh, continue to do peaceful ways of trying to change society. No, and okay, Jimmy, but- never, never once have I heard uh, someone go like, hey, we need to go do some violence or something. We need to go, you know, start a fire, or go break something up. Or I've never, ever had anyone in this community ever talk that way, uh, maybe sarcastically, but never really seriously. Like, and if they are, they're likely a Fed. Likely and, federal agent. Yeah. And it's ironic, the saying, ones though. who do want to use violence are the ones who don't agree with our philosophy. They want to use government force to coerce people into doing what they want. Chuck is on the line in Washington State. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Joa, and Reed. Yes, thank you for taking my call. I'm yes, always sir. excited to take part in this show. Uh, and when I hear about the uh, Free State Project and all this thing, I, I you know, I, I really think about uh, I don't know if you're uh, familiar at all with the Cascadia Cascadia movement. Yeah, is that the, the one? There's been a few different independence movements up there. Is Cascadia the one that's trying to get like Eastern Washington and Eastern Oregon and a chunk of Idaho together? No, that would be. I think that's that's the uh, uh, more of a right wing. Yeah, that be Jefferson. Th- yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, right. Now the Cascadia is. Uh, more of a, we're going to take a, the, the, all of the Pacific Northwest to include part of Alaska, Canada, Northern California, and then uh, establish it for our bioregion or whatever they call it. Huh. They, they, they uh, are, but it, uh, but it sounds like as far as the complexity, if, if like everything was to go to hell tomorrow, the the Free State Project is a little bit more sophisticated and organized in comparison to the Cascadia. Okay, hold on. Uh, so what does that mean, a, a bioregion? Does that have anything to do with political things, or is it like, oh, the weather's the same here and our plants right. are the same? I mean, what does that mean? Exactly. You're right. The bioregion would uh, have to do with uh, the different kinds of plants, fungus, trees, uh, all, all of the um, elements that we, probably this uh, future nation could rely on as natural resource export and import type of a uh, you know money making system, I suppose. Uh, so, is the point but, of it just to simply declare like we think this should be a bioregion and that's the end of it, or does it have to require some kind of government approval? The, uh, well, I don't think. That, that they're that far out on their thinking, but they're doing this whole movement has little tiny um, roots right now that are very interesting to me. For example, I was an observer up at uh, the uh, Capitol Hill occupied uh, protest area in mm-hmm. Seattle back in 2020. And uh, there was a lot of Cascadia type of, people that were up there with their flags and patches and just their, you know, influence and, and them taking part in everything that was going on. So they're all over the place with, with this whole, whole thing. And it's not really like a, it's not really something that's really talked about. 
In fact, it's more joked about in Canada than it is here in the United States. They they make fun of it on uh, the BC programming and stuff like that, the Cascadia movement. But uh, I see similarities between the Free State Project and uh, the Cascadia, and I just think it's very interesting to me, considering you know we got weather balloons that are coming over the <laughs> Pacific Coast, I guess, that are supposedly from China that are spy weather balloons right now. So we're not. You know, the the likelihood of uh, the United States being able to uh, sustain their geographical boundaries and everything like that, uh, you know, come on. Everything changes. And That's true. Maybe you guys are a little bit ahead of the of the ball game. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to want or wish anything to happen. I'm just trying to uh, understand what's happening uh, politically. And... Um, yeah. I did uh, find something here about Cascadia as far as secession is concerned. On the Wikipedia page for the Cascadia movement, there is a section uh, about secession. It says here uh, that uh, these connections go back to the Oregon Territory and further back to the Oregon country, the land most commonly associated with Cascadia, and the last time the region was treated as a single political unit though administered by two countries. Some have asserted the political protest in the wake of the 2004 presidential election appears to be the primary reason for renewed separatist movements throughout states with substantial Democratic majorities, such as Washington and Oregon. Cascadian independence has seen a resurgence in popularity following Donald Trump's election in uh, 2016 with a secession (laughs) referendum proposed in Oregon. The individuals who put forward the proposal have since withdrawn the petition, though, Several new Cascadia organizations have formed during that time period immediately after his election. A series of Yes Cascadia meetings were formed to explore the idea of a Cascadian secession movement, gathering hundreds of people in person, later changing their name to Vote Cascadia. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, um, yes, yeah, so the Albuquerque police, they want to round up the, the messed up license plate with a with – a, uh, you can't read the license plate or the damager or run around with no license plate. They do that a lot here. Okay, that's so, a great, that's great freedom. So what do they want to do? So for people that tamper with their driver's license, uh, we're only required to have one license plate, either in the front or the back. But they want to do that five thousand warrant roundups. We have they have outstanding warrants, and but but you can't do that when you have messed up license plate. And I think they're messing it up because they don't want to get the speeding um, tickets also. Who does? Who does want them? Do you want tickets, speeding tickets from the cameras and stuff? You know she does. Well, you know what? I, if I had a car, I would never. I would not get much of that because I wouldn't be speeding. A lot of but people what if you were? What if accidentally you went too fast going down a hill and the camera got you? Would you pay for well, it willingly? That's about, we'll do it. They're doing this do they to have get hills? the 5,000 warrants out. You know, I mean, and then the the speeding tickets are part of it. It's all the whole uh, lawlessness mentality. So wait, wait, wait. What you you're know, saying is... I agree. Speeding want, tickets are lawless. Just what you're saying is they want to use these cameras that you've been advocating for to snatch up people with warrants out for their arrest. So this is, of course... No, no, no not the camera. The cameras are not, not that. But what no. I'm saying is the lawbreakers also get the tickets also because they're also – if they're uh, shoplifters, they're also speeders or red light violators. They all, they all kind of run the the same kind of a thing. And so they're – I mean, now they're – see, it was announced that they're going to do the roundup. So now they're tempering with the 
uh, driver's license, now they're going to get ticketed $25 and go to court or something. And I, I don't know. I have no idea the words that are coming out of your mouth. I, the, I, you're not making any sense. Sarah, I just want to ask one thing. Okay, besides the fact that they may have a warrant out for their arrest, okay, let's just assume they don't on this factor. I know you're talking about that in the connection, but... Uh, do you think a license plate is violent? Like, you know, not having a license plate on your car? Ha- have you harmed anyone for not having a license plate on your vehicle? Well, the thing is, everybody's driving around with no license. No, no. It's <laughs> everybody. No, I'm asking you a more. question, Sarah. Sarah, do you think it's, like, wrong? you think it's, like, they're hurting someone? Who are they hurting if they don't have a license plate on their vehicle? That's what I want to know. Well, they're hurting somebody. They can run over people and then keep going. And oh, oh. No, so now no they're running over people. People who in. don't have license plates Everybody run over people? Everybody has no license plate, and they're all running over people. Yeah. I've never seen well, someone I mean, drive with the car running people over with a plate on their car. Never. Well, I mean, but that's accountability. So that it does hurt people. So that people that do um, the getaway cars, they have all these people that hit the stores. And they, they they run off with it. Like accomplice, if they don't have a, a driver's but license. But didn't you just say uh, a few calls ago, didn't you say the people were robbing, like, the mall and then using the city bus for a getaway car? Yeah, well, ban- I, we got to ban buses. They were doing that in one, one bus route going to the mall. And then well, they one is one too many. We need to ban them all now. doing it. No, we got to ban all the buses. One is too many. We can't allow a criminal to use a bus to get away. <laughs> we need to ban buses now. I'm not even kidding. Okay, that, that was their way of shutting down the free free bus ride. But I was thinking... Wait, was they're free bus rides? How is it free? Taxpayers well, free are paying for it. So, so they money, use violence to that. steal money for free buses? Yes, that's right. They've no, been doing it for Sarah, a Sarah, are you contributing the to this violence? To, to shut the, uh, uh, the free ride bus program. And then I figured it out because all those people beating each other up on the bus, they're beating up on the bus driver, they're falling asleep on the bus. Nothing has been. Yeah, you can't fall asleep on a bus. That's total violence right there. No, you know what? That that's when everybody was paying money for the last fifty years. They were doing all that. What was that, Reed? Sorry, I said it might be if you're the driver if you fall asleep. Yeah, that that could be bad. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.